Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. Hi, everybody, and we are broadcasting on the show floor of Augmented World Expo, and I'm excited to be talking to Ori Inbar, who is actually the co-founder of Augmented World Expo, and he's also the CEO and founder of Super Ventures. And so we're going to talk about how did this come to be, <laughs> this fabulous show, which is now in its ninth year. This is only my second year here, but it's it's become a favorite show that I tell everyone about because I think it's um, the content here is fantastic. You can see the growth of the marketplace. Uh, the exhibitors are excited, and it's so interesting. So how did this all come to be? Hi, Lori. Hi, everybody. Um, so about... Eleven years ago, I fell in love with augmented reality. Um, I started an AR games company, uh, but as you can imagine, it was really early, so nobody really understood what we we're trying to do. So we decided to join forces with a few other companies in the space, the few that were out there, and uh, said, let's create a conference. Uh, so in 2010, we had our first conference, 300 people in the room, thinking about you know ideas, concepts. It was fantastic. Uh, nobody understood outside of this room understood what we're about. Uh, but since then, things have uh, grown uh, to a point where this year, after nine years, uh, we have almost 6,000 attendees and almost 250 exhibitors all working in this industry of AR and VR and delivering real products that are affecting everyone's lives. I mean, the thing that I was so struck about about um, last year was just the growth of enterprise AR and how that's being monetized. And that's always been the handicap with VR, especially in Hollywood, is how do we get this paid for? And there was this, like, gold rush of VR over the last couple of years, and it's really quieted down because the money hasn't come. But with AR, that's exploding. So... When I started, um, AR was hot for a little bit on mobile, and everybody thought it's going to be used for games and entertainment. But very quickly, we realized it's too early. So the whole industry started to switch to enterprise. And what we're seeing today is kind of the maturity of that cycle, where the startups that are getting the most revenue, the most investments, are really focused on the enterprise. And uh, the the beauty of it is that they're um, delivering real value to Fortune 1000 companies, we have here at the show uh, a bunch of studies that are demonstrating ROI of 25, 45, and even 99% uh, savings in different business processes. So it's definitely uh, sustaining those startups and helping them uh, grow. Uh, but I think the, the big players, which are uh, obviously looking at when this is going to hit the mainstream, uh, started to get into it uh, about last year when Apple, Google, Amazon, Facebook... Um, Snap started to deliver products that allow developers to build great content for AR in a much easier way. And that created the whole gold rush around mobile AR, which we're seeing the result of today. But at the same time, oh, and by the way, and VR, uh, which uh, kind of went through the same cycle, started with gaming and entertainment, felt it's too early, are starting to shift to enterprise. Uh, a lot of the VR companies here are actually showing some VR uh, for the enterprise. Uh, and then when you think about headsets, smart glasses, which is kind of what the whole AR industry is looking for, uh, we saw you know, multiple attempts in the past that weren't so successful, like Google Glass and others. And, uh, and that's why the, the whole focus right now is, is uh, on smart glasses for the enterprise, where you know, if they don't look so great 
if they're maybe heavy and not fashionable, it's okay if they deliver good business value. But what it does, it, uh, it helps advance the hardware, the software, the whole interaction techniques around how do you interact in a world where there's no co- computer screen or keyboard or mouse. And I think that will pave the way for adoption of smart glasses in the consumer space in, in the next few years. But if you look at, again, the big giant companies out there, they all have big investments in smart glasses and AR, uh, which goes in many, many cases together with AI. Yeah, that is a trend I've noticed on the floor is everyone brings up like four or five different technology trends that are all happening at the same time. Is that something you've noticed happening this year as well? Uh, I think, you know, we've seen that evolving over the last few years where, um, you know, it's, it's not about a technology. It's about providing solutions, whether it's to an enterprise or to consumers. And in many cases, um, you require different trends to intersect to enable those experiences. Uh, so it's a combination of hardware, of software. Um, AI is playing a big part. Actually, I think when, when you look at the underlying technology for AR, uh, it turns out that um, AI played a very big role in making AR ready for, for consumers, and, and that's the change we're seeing in the last few years. A great example, actually, for the consumer space is a company called um, uh, Modiface, which was recently acquired by L'Oreal. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that, I think, at another technology show where it lets you see the makeup. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, a big thing that uh, AR is enabling today for consumers is try before you buy. You want to buy a sofa or, or an IKEA chair, you can view how it's going to look in your room. Or you want to buy some glasses and, and even makeup. Try makeup on your face before you, you buy it or even learn how to apply it in a better way. And, and that's already working today thanks to improvements in AI and machine learning that are making AR better. Is there any type of company that you are consistently seeing having success here, you know, the smaller startups that have a certain attitude or are approaching this a certain way? Are, are, are there any trends there? So, you know, many of the startups here um, or, or the larger companies that are they have like the bigger booths in the front started uh, at, at our first AWE in 2010. They're, they had like a little table, like two guys had big dreams and big ideas. And all of a sudden you see those huge booth with you know dozens of people working around it and, and really delivering amazing products uh, so so yeah I mean the, the growth has been tremendous for those startups uh, some of them you know are in like the 200 300 employees uh, approaching a billion dollar in value wow. so that's definitely happening um, but I think again the big change that is kind of lifting this whole uh, ecosystem is the fact that the, the giants realize that they cannot wait, they cannot be on the fence anymore. They have to jump in. And that gives a lot of energy and a lot of money to, to drive the, a lot of these startups. So are you seeing uh, big companies come in and eat up the startups, buy them up? So there's a lot of uh, acquisitions happening. That's true. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, uh, some startups, you know, run out of business because uh, the giants deliver products that do uh, what the startups do, uh, but I see most of the innovation still coming from startups, and that's really the beauty of, of this event and the whole industry, that you have the big players kind of pushing the, the whole wave forward, uh, but the startups are always kind of finding the, the new ways to innovate and, and uh, take things you know, into the future. 
So interesting. Now, what about the demographic of the attendees? Because you went from 300 people to how many people are coming now? Almost 6,000 this year. All right. So from 300 to 6,000, who is the 6,000? Where are they coming from? So actually, we did some an, uh, analysis on this. And uh, we have, a, first of all, a good split between startups, you know, between two people to 20 people and uh, corporations, you know, Fortune 1000 companies, almost uh, 40 to 40 between them. And then the rest of it is uh, split between investors, analysts, and uh, media that are kind of helping to amplify the whole message. So I think that match is is working great. In terms of roles, uh, actually we have a very diverse set of professional roles in the enterprise. Um, You know, you you have the CEOs of the startups and the CTOs and the and uh, the executives, but then you have product managers, you have designers, you have developers, um, you have business and you know and, and salespeople. Uh, so it's really the kind of the entire spectrum of people that you would expect in in an enterprise or, or uh, smaller companies coming in, and each one is kind of looking for different aspects of how this will impact their jobs, their, their companies in the future. Now, are you also seeing uh, any particular global region uh, play better in this space or grow more, devote more assets to it? So I think it's, it's interesting because the, um, the, some of the first companies in AR specifically started in Europe, actually. Mm. It was a French company called Total Immersion that uh, yeah. was created in 1999. I, I know those guys, yeah. And then Metayo in, in 2004, mm-hmm. uh, which was recently acquired by Apple, um, so, so Europe actually had a sort of a head start. Uh, I think today most of the companies are in the U.S. because mm-hmm. I think most of the investment and the dollars are, are coming from here. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are kind of uh, drawn into Silicon Valley because that's where they feel that most of the innovation is, is, uh, is happening. Uh, but it's, it's incredible what we're seeing in this event. We have companies and attendees for, from over 60 countries. Uh, Israel is a big one. Uh, Germany is a big one. The U.K., and, uh, of course, China. You cannot ignore China, where um, I think we have probably 20 exhibitors coming from China, showing hardware and software. Uh, and we also started a, an AWE in Asia three years ago, which has uh, really given us uh, an amazing perspective into what's happening in that market. I mean, it's, it's going to be by far the largest market. There's no doubt about it. Right, right. And uh, they know it. So how, how many people, is it your second or third year there? It's uh, the third year. And how many people are attending that show? Uh, in Asia, uh, we had about 2,000 people last year. Oh, that's, uh, that's amazing. Now, are you also doing Australia, or was there another one? Or am I making that up? <laughs> so, so currently we have like three big events. It's uh, U.S., Europe, and Asia. Okay. Uh, and last year we announced that we want to expand it to other countries, so we were looking for people to come and reach out to us. Uh, we had candidates from Israel, Australia, Dubai, uh, Mexico... Uh, Italy, and we're working with them kind of on, on bringing those events to those countries. Uh, we are announcing today that we're going to have our first AWE in Tel Aviv in November, on November 5th. Um, oh my God, that's so exciting. It is. I mean, uh, all, it, it's, it's interesting because uh, the Israeli companies uh, do not find a big market in Israel. There's just 8 million people there, so they, uh, they rely on the international companies. And when you think about investors and corporations, they always they all know that the the amazing talent comes from Israel when it comes to computer vision and to all sorts of technologies that uh, 
uh, are coming initially from the military in many cases and now are, are being applied to the consumer space. So, uh, so that's, that's become kind of a hot spot for, for AR as well. And, and you're going to get attendees from all over the world coming to Israel. So when you do these different shows, people might go all year round to all the different shows because they're going because of the region? That what the region is offering? So we see, uh, I mean, it's obviously helping to, to grow the community in a global way. Uh, many exhibitors will actually go to all of these events because they, they want to reach a bigger market and they trust the, the AWE brand to bring them the right people uh, into the room. Um, but it allows, you know, people that may not be able to travel to, to join those events in those different regions. Uh, in addition, we also have uh, a bunch of meetups that we run on a monthly basis and that allows to kind of keep the XR juices going throughout the year in New York, San Francisco, uh, Toronto, Chicago, and other uh, cities that are joining that. Oh, and that's a great way to build community and then feed into your bigger shows, right? Exactly. I mean, it keeps everybody engaged. Uh, it helps us uh, identify great new startups. And you don't have to wait until that kind of big event in June. You can actually showcase and, and kind of get in investors interested uh, form partnerships throughout the year. So you're becoming a real 364 days of the... Is that how many days? <laughs> 52 weeks you of the year. Take, you, 52. Take, you take a day off. You yeah. take a day off. Um, you're, you're becoming a real year-long brand now. That's, exactly, that's the idea. And, and actually it was driven, it was kind of a pull from uh, the community uh, that we, we got so many requests to bring it to the different parts of the world and uh, again, we were just blown away by the innovation that happens all over the world. You know, in the, the tiniest countries out there, uh, everybody's, I mean, it's not a lot of people, but you see people that are fascinated and have passion for this industry. And they, sometimes they feel alone. So when they come together in those events or in those meetups, they get much more energy. They go back home and continue with their passion. Uh, where can we keep up with uh, AWE? The website augmentedworldexpo.com uh, is the best place to start uh, and from there you can find all the other uh, locations and meetups and all, and all the different things and just as a last note what has been the most surprising thing to you this year about this whole world what has been the most surprising thing um, I think you know it's, it's surprising but it's also not so surprising that although we work in a technology that enables teleportation and virtual content and meeting online uh, people still want to meet in person they're, they're missing that kind of physical interaction and you ask everyone in this show what's the number one thing here? it's the people because you know it's like-minded people they speak the same, same language you don't have to explain from scratch what is AR or VR and that enables everybody to really uh, create some magic when they come together. That's, that's great to hear because you hear so many um, negative utopias talk about how this technology is going to separate us. But what you're saying is no matter what, the human need to connect is always going to be there. Yeah, I think it's actually accelerating uh, because the event is growing because people realize that uh, although they can meet online, um, they want to meet in person because that's when they have kind of the big, biggest output. Well, Naim Maud, <laughs> showing, showing off my little bit of Hebrew here. Thank you so much. This is Ori Imbar, who is the uh, co-founder of the Augmented World Expo and the founder and CEO of SuperVentures, um, changing the world with uh, augmented reality. Thank you, Larry. That's what we're trying to do. <laughs>
The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. Hi, everybody. Lori H. Schwartz, your Tech Cat, and I am broadcasting now from the floor of Augmented World Expo, and we're talking to Harsha Kakeri, who is the founder and CEO of Holosuit. Um, which is so cool. It does a lot of different things, so I'm going to let you start by explaining it to everybody. So let us know what Holosuit is. Sure. Holosuit is a full-body, bidirectional uh, motion capture suit which provides 36 sensors which can capture your body motion as well as 9 haptic exciters which can provide you haptic input as well as six buttons which will allow you to very accurately interact in the 3D space. So hollow suit is very similar to how iPhone virtualized your fingers so that you can interact with 2D surfaces. Hollow suit virtualizes your entire body so that you can point to 3D objects, you can touch 3D objects and feel them through the heat haptic feedback. And the idea behind Holosuit is that increasingly we are going to be spending a lot of time in the virtual world. And since Holosuit captures your real world motion and uses the same motion to allow you to interact in the virtual world, anything that you do in the virtual world now will make you better in the real world. For example, if you are a golf player, if you play virtual golf using Holosuit, as your swings improve in the virtual world, you'll be able to wear the hollow suit and go to the real world as well and see how well you are track your motion in the real world and capture it back and see how well you have improved. So this allows you to, this is a bi-directional suit so you can track your motion in the real world and train yourselves in the virtual world using the same suit. That's great. Can you give me some um, use cases because I could see this being for education, for healthcare. Yes. Where do you, where do you see this going? Who would your clients be? Oh yes, we already have actually a lot of enterprise clients. So uh, right now, for example, in neural rehabilitation, it is being used to train the patients to regain their full body movement. Because as they see their virtual avatars moving or as they see the robots moving around with their motion, they will be able to figure out where they are not able to move properly, which area. And the, the physiotherapists can focus on that and improve their motion. That is one area. That's great. The other area is in factory training and in training of defense personnel. Because Indian uh, defense is already using this to train their soldiers on how to operate submarines, how to operate fighter jets, because once you wear the hollow suit and you wear the uh, any VR device, 
you will be able to see a virtual world and you will be able to naturally interact with a submarine press the buttons and feel those buttons and all the muscle memory will now get stored so that when you go to a real submarine you don't have to like change anything it's not like you're pressing some uh, button and then like you're trying to figure out oh like well, how do i do it now in the real world it's the same experience so it will oh, cool. interact virtual and real world so this is um very similar to what we saw in ready player 1 This, when he when he put on the suit yeah this is actually i call this ready player 2 because in <laughs> ready player 1 yeah. they only allowed you to go into the virtual world the hollow if you saw that the suit and the gloves and everything was used only in the virtual world but here what we are doing is we are taking all that virtual information and allowing you to wear this suit even in the real world and take all that experience and feedback and utilize it in the real world and and is your business model such that someone licensed this or are you um aggregating all the data and then supplying you know um you know amortized data to people to back to people in certain business categories so i could see over time you're learning so much about the body that you could provide that data yes most definitely we see ourselves as an artificial intelligence company where we are actually going across multiple domains and understanding truly how the body moves it's a full body analytics platform so it will give you information for example this can correlate your body movements with your health so for example you can get the information as to what type of exercise you are doing and correlate it with how much weight loss you are having or how your heart rate is changing or how your sugar levels are varying and this can be across various age categories across various demographics across geographies and we will be able to provide you recommendations based upon your background what is the best type of physical activity you need to take for your specific goals so if you want to do uh, lose weight and if you're an african american so maybe you need to look at uh, do yoga and if you are like a uh, indian maybe you need to do karate so that type of information we will actually have and this is all real objective information similarly even in the medical industry right now like you just provide some you just fill some forms out saying oh you did rigorous exercise but you don't really know how well you did it because it's very subjective but in the future people will actually have you wear the suit and measure exactly what you, and this is a casual suit so you can wear it all day long that's why we have designed it in a very casual way and this will provide enough information for all the medical researchers to be able to objectively quantify what was the motion how the body was moving what was the physical activity and what is the corresponding improvement in the health are you um surprised by any of the data that you're getting back or or, or have any doctors or scientists been surprised about the feedback and what it's been telling them oh yeah people have been very very excited by uh be having access to this data because we already got a lot of orders from the neuro uh, science community because what they want to do is they want to understand from the brain what is the signal which is going and then how the body is interacting with that signal and where that breakdown has happened with the students and we can measure it in normal patients as well as people who have neural disabilities and start figuring out what are the neural pathways which are affecting which movements so this is revolutionary so how many um sensors are on the suit there are 36 sensors on the suit and nine haptic excitors plus six buttons Wow, and when you um when you wear the suit, you're plugged in, obviously. 
right? Or is it battery? Oh, you have a battery as well. So uh, here in like, in fact, like, let me turn on the battery. So we have a battery here, which you okay, can just so turn really, on. Okay, so it's really small, and yeah, it's, it's in the, his yeah. front pocket. You can feel the haptic feedback here. Right? Oh, yeah, that's yeah, cool. Yeah. Oh, right, in your arms, right? So, uh, and there's a, a little yeah. lit up, uh, uh, yeah. what's this, button, another sensor? Yeah. No, this is a button for you to interact with. To okay. To turn it on, to switch modes. To switch okay. modes, okay. Yeah. And we support Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, different types of wireless communication. Different types of wireless communication. And then this, uh, you were attached before, was that for power, or...? Uh, no, that that was mostly we also support USB if you are in visual critical applications like controlling the robot. So you don't want any Wi-Fi interference to like suddenly launch a tor- torpedo, right? <laughs> so we support that as well for mission-critical applications. So oh, we're that just makes about sense. It. So he is, for example, controlling this robot through the USB interface because then you don't want any uh, like uh, 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 wireless interference to cause like some false. Right. Fire. So when you can be connected, yes. you want to be connected. But if you if you can't be connected, you don't have to be. Yes, we. Most of the time, you don't have to be connected. Only in mission-critical applications where you're controlling like a robot or something. Right. That's when we Are they it. using this right now to control robots or machines yet? So, uh, right now, like we, we are in the beta testing phase where the idea is that uh, the network has to develop significantly. So, the suit itself is capable of controlling the robot, but 5G technology has to evolve. So, we are actually working with like a XPRIZE challenge where we will be building full humanoid robots and controlling them through the hollow suit. Wow, I don't know so how I'm I feel a, about that, yeah. but that's cool. <laughs> that's really, really cool. It's a $10 million challenge. Wow. Oh, okay. And so you, you're you're from India. Um, this this technology is coming from India? You, uh, no, this is actually like a... I started this in Silicon Valley. Okay. So okay. I am an U.S. Like I basically a like U.S. Work, citizen. Yeah, I am basically like uh, I worked at Microsoft Research, built a lot of robots for Bill Gates. Okay. And uh, after starting like this technology here, I expanded it to India. Okay. So now I am bridging. I mean, this is like a joint collaboration between India and U.S. Oh, how where, nice! Yeah, where we are kind of uh, bringing the worlds together. Yes, bringing the worlds. Do you together. see this technology that you're using now that you've created? Is there one area of the globe that that seems to be adopting it quicker, or is it a very global kind of phenomenon? This, in fact, is already being adopted in Vietnam for doctors to perform virtual surgeries on patients. It's being used in France for like uh, doing like uh, uh, different types of museum interactions. Uh, in uh, Romania, they are planning to planning to have like uh, humans kind of like be projected onto the screens where all their body motion kind of interacts in an interesting way and music directors are using this to basically create virtual orchestras so uh, and when you say that um using virtual surgery so is a doctor wearing the suit in one place and performing the surgery and then another doctor's wearing it in someplace else or how no, does no, that, what uh, is let me explain that uh, yeah. better so virtual surgery is basically the doctor is wearing a virtual reality headset okay. and uh, this is for training purposes so instead of like trying to learn how to do surgery on a real patient or on a cadaver they will have a, like a virtual patient in front of them where they will be able to see the patient and they will be able to pick up different instruments and they can actually start 
cutting the virtual patients and they will get feedback regarding if they cut the wrong way and they will wow. they they, they, will oh, get that, they better get yeah. feedback if they cut yeah. the wrong way. Yes. Now what about on the B2C side? Will there be any consumer applications of this? Yes, most definitely. So one of the first applications we are launching is the yoga app where customers will be able to just buy this suit and then track all their body motions and then get feedback on uh, how their yoga poses are progressing over a period of time. We allow them to, this app already stores this information in their own Google Drive so that they can see over a period of time how their poses are improving. Oh, so so I can I can do something one day, yeah. then see it the next day. So you're creating oh, yeah. consumer versions of it. Yes. And again, is your business model to license? Are people just you know renting the suit? I mean, how, what's no, the model? No, no, no. This actually starts at uh, the cheapest version, which tracks your finger, one finger and hand with haptic feedback, starts at $99. So wow. you don't need to rent it. You can easily buy it. We just started on our Kickstarter. The full suit costs just $9.99 with and, clouds. And then the, the dashboard and the data feedback yeah. and looking and analyzing, uh, and analyzing that and all those things, is that what you're managing as a service? Yes. So we will basically be providing like the customers with like different apps where they can start now. Uh, and we will also be working with a lot of third-party developers and uh, people who are doing cricket. For example, Indian national uh, team coach is now creating virtual cricket academies uh, where they will be able to train all the students virtually uh, where okay. they can see how their strokes are. So is it, a, is it a, like a developer kit or an API? Yes, we have, uh, we have Wi-Fi and uh, Bluetooth developer kits as well as we are providing customized avatars. So for example, if you provide us your pictures, we'll actually, for $200, we'll create fully rigged avatar of you so that when you wear the hollow suit and move around, your avatar moves around in the virtual world. Oh, that's world. very cool. Can you make me taller? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, most definitely. You can be as tall as like you want. And do you see also where mocap sort of began in the entertainment industry? Are you are you? Yes, doing already people are using it. I talked about the Bollywood. Uh, Disney has approached that we are in talks with them where they are creating a movie uh, where there are birds and there are humans, okay. and they want to kind of like animate the birds but make the humans move naturally using our suit. Okay, how cool so, is that? That's yeah. so great. Well, we have been talking. To to, and I'm reading his name because it's hard for me, <laughs> Harsha Kakeri, who is the founder and CEO of Hollow Suit, which is really one of the most interesting things I've seen uh, in the last couple days here at Augmented World Expo, which is basically a, a haptic suit plus a, a motion capture suit all together, which gives you bi-directional feedback and tons of business applications. So it's absolutely fascinating what you've done here. It's really cool. Thank you. And where can we learn more about it? Uh, www.hollowsuit.com H-H-O-L-O-S-U-I-T And are you um, uh, on any social networks? We are on on Facebook. We have 60,000 followers on Facebook already. So you can go to facebook.com slash hollowsuit. And uh, we are on um, uh, YouTube, Twitter. Everything is hollowsuit. So so clever of you to get that name. You got that name. That's (laughs) awesome. Well, thank you so much. This has been fascinating. Thank you very much for this time. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? 
From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. Hi, everybody. This is Lori H. Schwartz, your Tech Cat, and I am interviewing live on the show floor of Augmented World Expo, and I'm with Tom Kudurka who's the founder and CEO of V-Sports, which is a really fun augmented reality tied into physical sports solution. Um, very exciting stuff in all sorts of different, um, in different sports. But what I'm looking at right now is their golf solution. Um, so Tom's going to tell us all about it. Uh, yeah, our first product we're rolling out is called uh, V-Golf. And V-Golf is a mixed reality product where you can actually hit a real golf ball. And as you follow through, your entire world is surrounding you, a 360 panoramic view of an actual golf course like Pebble Beach, uh, Augusta. So you're able to mix the real world with the virtual world. And this is something that's uh, very, very unique. Um, You know, usually people are used to doing virtual reality or using controllers. But being able to hit a real golf ball into a net and everything you see is 360 panoramic uh, Pebble Beach. So what, what, where did this all begin? Like what, where did you come up with this idea to do this? Well, my, my background is in video games. There's some, several video games I've worked on. I worked on uh, uh, Medal of Honor, Allied Assault is one of the games I worked on. So I got a, I'm a kind of a technical guy, and I was actually just uh, um, trying to figure out what to do next. And I was looking very close to VR. Couldn't see really too many uh, applications that are realistic of, of being able to do something, you know, consumer-based. And I was playing golf. Me and a buddy were playing golf one day, and he's mentioned, wouldn't it be cool if we're able to see all of our statistics while playing golf? And then when, about 24 hours later, I just had the whole thing written up of, listen, let's, uh, let's do mixed reality of hitting a golf ball into a net um, and having this entire uh, experience of playing real golf courses by hitting a real golf ball with a real golf club. So are you getting, you get, you pre, you, you got all the telematics from all the different golf courses exactly. um, and you've loaded them into the system. And then do I see the golf ball on the ground? In, Absolutely. So you see everything in the real world, um, but then you're all, you're seeing what, where the ball would, would go. Exactly. Right when you follow through, as soon as you follow through, you, the whole world will just turn into the virtual world. Okay, so in the beginning, you're seeing your actual world. Absolutely. And you hit your ball, and then as the ball goes up, because I saw some of the animation, it right. turns into we, that. We detect, of course, we detect all the parameters of the ball, how far it went, the speed, uh, spin factor, all this stuff. So we know when you, when you hit the ball. So we're not going to show you the virtual world until you hit the ball. The 300 milliseconds later, which is, means you're following through, the virtual world is all around you, and to shut off the virtual world, you just tap the glasses, you teleport to your next shot, and then once again, 
You're looking around your basement or you're looking around outside. Ready to hit again. And, and um, is, is this something that everyone's buying the net that you have here? And uh, is it all part of the kit that you sell? Having this carpet, having the net, or, or is that something that people just set up themselves? It's up, to, it's up to the individual. You can take this product out to a driving range and go ahead and just hit right into the driving range. Okay. Everyone thinks you're practicing. In reality, you're playing an entire golf course. And what's great is that you could be at a driving range. A buddy of yours in New York could be at a driving range. And you're both playing multiplayer Pebble Beach. So, oh, so you can play with each other. Absolutely. It's all multiplayer capable. And so, um, but yeah, you can you can go ahead and buy a net to hit into uh, the net at home. Go to a driving range. Go wherever you want to hit a golf ball. And uh, you're ready to go. Are there, So I know there are sensors in the golf ball. Are there also sensors in the club? Uh, no sensors in the club. We do have a sensor that actually picks up the data of your hit. We do have a different mode of V-Golf called Virtual Caddy. Virtual Caddy is the sensors in the golf ball, and that's where you can take the product to any golf course, and you get the same exact thing. So you're, you're seeing your hit, you're playing multiplayer with the people standing right next to you, and the, uh, all of the data that's picked up is through the, in, the chip inside the golf ball. Okay, so you have a variety of solutions, but in all the solutions is the glasses, and um, what, what else do you need? Is there an app, an app on a phone, like what's uh, running the whole program? Right, yeah, the, the main component are, are the glasses. I mean, there's different modes you can play, but the glasses, of course, are for all the modes. It gives you the mixed reality experience, and um, you purchase the product through us, and we load what it is you want to... Uh, use and play and you're good to go. And do you, is there a, a companion app so you can track your stats and that kind Absolutely. of thing? Absolutely. Great question, by the way. Everything you do is uploaded to the cloud. You go and log into your account. You can see what you did yesterday. You can see what you played uh, at the golf course that day. And you can even map out a hologram on your coffee table or your kitchen table and see the entire... Uh, Arcs, the colored arcs. Oh, so you can actually see the, the uh, course that you were playing? Right. Um, that that is so arcs. cool. And how many courses do you have loaded up in the software now? Well, ultimately, we're going to have about 24 courses, so plenty of courses to play, and they're going to be the, the bigger names, you know, similar to, to the video game uh, golf uh, games that are out there. Right, so so all that information is already kind of available. Yeah. Um, and I, now I know your company's name is V Sports. So V-Golf is the first outing? Right. We have several products. We've got uh, V-Baseball, V-Basketball, V-Tennis, V-Football, V-Soccer, V-Hockey. And those are just some of the products we have. The first one um, that we're rolling out, and right now is the first time we've shown it in public, is uh, V-Golf. Next is V-Baseball later this summer. You know what I love about this is when the Wii first came out a couple of years ago, we played tennis in our house, right? And it was so great because I felt like, okay, I'm finally getting exercise. But this feels like it's much realer. And I haven't played tennis in years, but I could actually play tennis again. You know, in the safety and everyone else's safety (laughs) of my own house, right? You could actually be serving into a net and everything you see is real world. So you can get a heck of a workout by serving over and over and we'll have it set up so that it'll actually like hit back and you're playing a, 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 an actual tennis match 
And can I play? Will it be at the point where I'm playing someone else and I see who I'm playing? Absolutely. It's multiplayer, so you can play somebody who's in uh, Seattle. Will I see them, though, in the experience? You're not you'll yet. See, you'll see their, what's called an avatar. You'll okay. see an avatar, okay. and we'll have later versions of the product where you can go ahead and maybe, you know. Skin, skin the exactly. avatar. Skin the avatar. Yeah, that's really cool. There you go. Uh, yeah, and you can do that. Tech, you know what that is. Yeah, well, you could do that now with a lot of the Intel uh, cameras built into the bezel. Um, so all, all that's going to come. That's really, really interesting. And then right now, who's using the product? Or it's not to market yet. It, it's brand new. I mean, this is the first time we've shown it. Uh, we should have the first uh, product mode out available uh, later this fall. So it's it's brand new. And, and where are you going to be marketing it? Are you going to be selling it in sports stores and golf stores? Like, how? What's your thinking around how you're going to tell this story? Really, all the above. I mean, it can be sold in uh, sports stores. Of course, you can order directly from our website. Uh, but we do have several distributors. I mean, if you can buy a, a golf ball somewhere, you can probably pick up, hopefully, pick up V Golf somewhere. That's so cool. And I did notice that uh, on the graphics playing in your video here that the golf course was also filled with tanks and flying saucers. Exactly. And is that so I can aim at them? Absolutely. Great question. We have a player mode called the virtual ranges. So if you go out to the golf range, you can go ahead and you can hit a golf ball, see all your statistics. Or if you want to really spice things up, you can go ahead and hit a golf ball and aim at tanks, aim at balloons, aim at whatever it is you want. And uh, yeah, there's, there's a section of the video that shows a P-51 aircraft coming at you, and if you time it out, you hit the airplane and it crashes. So, so you're gamifying a game. Gamifying, exactly. That's exactly right. right. You're, you're, you're increasing your skills by gamifying uh, the playing experience. And have you? Wor- I'm just. I'm so fascinated by the thinking behind this. Have you worked with golfers? I mean, do you have any professional or well-known golfers that have? consulted with you on, on all of this? Absolutely. That's a great question. Uh, absolutely. We've got several um, large names I can't really mention, but there are people we are working with that know the industry very, very well. What do their names rhyme with? What's that? What do their names rhyme with? <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but, uh, not like Woods? Woods. <laughs> no, not... Yeah, no comment. Anyway. Palmer? Palmer? Uh, <laughs> maybe. Can't say. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> But no, there are some people we're working with that really know the game very well, especially a few instructors. There's some very well-known instructors. Those are the people we're working with mostly right now because they really are saying, hey, if you're going to do this, let's do it right, and you're going to want to show A, B, and C, and oh, by the way, you need to fine-tune this. So definitely, each sport we're doing, we have to get the experts to give us the uh, fine tunes. And do you see this also showing up in some of the e-gaming centers that are launching now, the VR, the location-based entertainment centers? Absolutely. This is a perfect product for any of these virtual reality uh, entertainment centers. Um, and again, it's, it's all kinds of different sports. And what's unique about us is that you're not using a controller. You're really hitting a golf ball. You're really throwing a football. You're really shooting a basketball. And it's all a, a virtual world. So it works perfect with those... Uh, Entertainment centers. That's great. Where can we learn more about vSports and vGolf? Well, just go online to uh, vSports.io and read up about uh, the different sports we have. <laughs> and what about um, on social media? Are you guys writing, blogging? Is there anywhere where we can track your activities? Most of the stuff we do is uh, just doing development, but we just released our videos. So on YouTube is vGolf. Just type in vGolf in YouTube. You can see our new video. That's great. We've been talking to Tom Kudurka. I'm so excited that your name was easy to say because I, that's my you know, area of weakness. <laughs> Who's the founder and CEO of V Sports um, and really transporting us all into a new 
new way that we can participate in athletics in a virtual environment, but also in, a, in the physical world. So it's really exciting. I think it'll be really exciting for a lot of athletes and a lot of people like myself who don't do anything <laughs> but get up and go to the refrigerator off the computer. So thank you so much, Tom, for, for saving us. Thank you. Thank you very much. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform. Innovate. Create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. It's uh, Lori Schwartz, your tech cat, and we are interviewing live on the show floor of Augmented World Expo. And I'm standing next to Mark Reese, who's the director of marketing for um, Copen Enterprises. And we're going to be talking about a product called Golden Eye, which is a smart screen of some kind. And so Mark's going to fill us in. There's lots of interesting things here to look at. So tell us what we're, we're talking about. So, right. So today what we're talking about is Golden Eye Infinity. It's a, uh, it's a smart screen. So at, at, at the expo here, there's a lot of really cool devices. And what makes ours stand out a lot, or actually it's what's making ours stand out more, is that it's a smart device that has no battery, no processor, no uh, internal storage, and it's powered off of a cell phone, an Android-powered or Win 10 device, and it's aimed at enterprise-level clients. So what's unique about this is that, first of all, it's 1.5 ounces. It's about the weight of a golf ball and as rugged as a golf ball. So it's very small. Fits in the As you can see, it's fitting in the palm of my hand. Yeah, and I just want to tell our listeners that it kind of looks like a Bluetooth uh, ear, ear set, like the kind that you would just put over your ear, but a little thicker. Right. And basically, it's got a magnetic coupling that attaches to any set of safety glasses. It actually attaches to my, I've attached it to my eyewear or a helmet through a magnetic coupling. And then this way, it's reversible. You can wear it on either side, left or right. And that's a big deal because a lot of our... Uh, a lot of the glasses out there either come with standard fixed glasses and you have to use their glasses. Well, you, so this is a device that you attach to your own glasses you that own gives glasses. you information as if you were wearing, you know, a, yes. a AR pair of glasses. Correct. So basically, though, anything that you can access on your on your smartphone, you can access through gold, the GoldenEye smart screen. Oh, okay. So it basically is tethered yes. to any application yep. on the phone, and then anything that's on the phone will then be seen on your... Um, Correct. It'll be seen in your eyes. It's got the highest resolution display of any wearable on the market today. It's created by Copen, who is an industry leader in uh, optics and display. And we just started going to market with a finished goods product. So we have it was built on the platform GoldenEye, which a lot of uh, partners that we partner with use. But we've incorporated everything into this finished goods product that we're now going to market. The biggest differentiator for enterprise, and enterprise has been slow to adopt AR, is because I think of the price point. GoldenEye uh, Infinity comes in at under $1,000. We're going to retail it for right around $899. So that's a very sweet spot that was underserved. 
and I think uh, we're getting a lot of positive feedback from uh, field service manufacturing, the warehouse uh, industries that say, wow, this is great. has a built-in barcode reader. Um, you can do one-on-one uh, -on -one video conferencing. You can do remote access, or uh, I'm sorry, remote conferencing. So it's great for field service where you might have a technician in the field. They need to talk to somebody. They can keep their hands and their eyes on their work because GoldenEye requires no touching, swiping. So there'll be a little video window of the person they're talking to inside your glasses? Yeah, so basically the screen, is that, the micro display is about the size of a fingernail, but what you see when you look at it is about a six to a seven inch like tablet. Because it's on your glasses, and, on it, your glasses and it gives the impression. It it. That is so cool, because the struggle I have had always with VR goggles and now AR is that I wear glasses. Right. And so what am I supposed to do with them? Right. <laughs> and then I can't see the field of depth in any of these goggles or glasses because right. they don't make them for someone who's nearsighted. Right. So that we answered that with, again, I buy, I wear, because I wear glasses, I wear a bigger set of safety glasses. But like I said yesterday, I was experimenting it and I put the magnetic couplings on my everyday glasses and it worked. So, yeah. you know, now you can really bring your own glasses. You're not kind of stuck with these really big, bulky, cumbersome glasses. Not to mention, too, for health and sanitation reasons, the magnetic coupling. I just pull it right off. Right. You know, I hate putting on things on my face. Yeah. hate it. Yeah. Uh, and I know a lot of women hate it because of makeup. And also, I just, that same reason that, I don't want someone else's schmutz on my face. <laughs> well, they, you know, we've heard that from other, uh, we've heard that from people at the show. Like, yeah, those are those other guys are great, but I don't want to wear somebody else's glasses. So with ours, it's really modular, and I think that's another selling point. The other thing that's important is because because it's modular and because there's no processor or internal storage, even if you're in a highly secure area where not everybody can see the information you're looking at, once you take this off, there's no storage. So you can only see what's on your phone, which means there's minimal IT involvement. It can't get hacked. And the, the, you know, the phone pretty much, the GoldenEye will actually outlive your phone. You want a more powerful device, all you have to do is upgrade your phone. It works with any Android, like I said, Android or Win 10 host device. So it's tethered to the phone by Bluetooth? No, it's tethered to a phone by USB-C. USB-C, okay. Yeah. So so am I connected then? During? You are connected, right. So you connect to the USB-C port to USB-C port, okay. and it just... So I'm connected to my phone. I attach this. So there is a wire yes. from the device to the phone. Yep. Do you see that eventually going away? Um, the reason why we incorporated that is, again, for safety. Uh, and you get a better... It's the, the, the technology, I don't think, is there yet. Yeah. But more importantly, too, the, the, wi the wire acts, almost acts as a counterbalance. They balance it. But the wire, and I'll sh I can show you the wire, is very, very thin. So a lot of these other devices that are tethered are very thick, right? Right. And uh, our CEO said, we need to get that down. And people said, no, you can't do this. You can't do it. You can't get it done. Our, uh, scientists engineered a, our scientists engineered a wire that's actually very thin. And we're calling it the magic cable. So it's very lightweight. You're not even going to feel it. So interesting. And you mentioned the GoldenEye protocol or something that other clients of yours are used to using. So what, what is that? So GoldenEye has actually started out as a platform. And it was a platform that you could experience the Internet through voice and through uh, gesture control. And as we said, it was just a platform until we brought it into this finished goods product, which is now GoldenEye Infinity. What's different is that you don't have to touch it to navigate. You don't have to tap it to navigate. You simply move your head up, down, left, right, and say simple commands like zoom in, zoom out, start meeting. And it understands the voice. It also incorporates our prioritary whisper chip technology, which is something Copen developed. So it cancels out the ambient noise around you. So in this hall, when we did it, we were walking around, and I was literally whispering about this loud. And Goldeneye was reacting. You couldn't hear anything around us. So it was, it was it's 
pretty revolutionary. Yeah, I've, I haven't seen anything like it at the show. So, and and what are the other things that Copen does? Are is it all screen or what? What else does Copen do? Yeah, so we're a world. We're you know we're really our leader with uh, micro displays. And our, our micro displays are in the United States military. They're in a lot of drones. In fact, they're in a lot of products that are in augmented reality, right? You can see the Copen booth here. We also have a consumer product called Solos, which is designed for athletes. And um, it's designed to keep them with their heads up instead of down. For bicyclists, they can check their stats. And uh, it's got a radio. They can talk and communicate with their friends. And then, again, the whisper chip technology. And then we also do a couple things um, with some of our partners that you can see in the Copen booth. But that is that is so cool. Now, do you see ever coming up with a consumer version of, of the GoldenEye? Right now, we're geared, we're, we're, we're right now we're mainly focused on enterprise. But I guess you could use it for a consumer version. But it's really geared towards enterprise level clients. At close to to nine hundred dollars. Right around eight hundred ninety nine dollars. Yeah. And uh, if you look at any other smart glasses on the market, they you know fifteen hundred, two thousand, three thousand dollars. So the price point was an underserved market, and uh, we're going to kind of help dominate that. I, I love that. <laughs> Domination is always great. Yeah. Um, now, in, t- in terms of your business model, is it a one-time sale, or are you charging for use of any platform or dashboards or anything like that? No, right now you're gonna you buy the unit and uh, that's it. I mean, it's not you know we're gonna make other units down the road, uh, but right now it's just a unit. There's no charge for the platform. We're not, you don't have to add anything. It uses the software that's on your phone on the Android device or Win 10 device. So there's really no special software required. We've also been starting to talk with partners and developers about developing specialty software in use with specific industries. So there'll be some API and SDK stuff SDKs, coming out. Yep. Yeah. And, and um, are you going to move towards creating an Apple version as well? Right now, we, we were focused on Android and Win 10, but we were actually talking this morning. You know, that's a whole other entity. We wanted to perfect the enterprise market. And as enterprise slowly graduates over to Apple, um, yeah, we definitely want to be there. Right, and then probably you'll you'll come up with some consumer products as well. But, per- but Europe and everywhere else is very Android, yeah. so you're sort of setting yourself up. Right, and even in the States, you know, but again, we've had a lot of people say, it would be great if it worked on Apple, and that is in the pipeline, but it's just a matter of uh, tweaking the board. Right, 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 and, and then deciding if you want to really get into that uh, consumer marketplace. Is there anything that surprised you about people's reaction to this or use cases that you didn't expect? I'll be honest with you. I was I, the more I play with it, I really get pumped up about. Like we were doing a we were doing a meeting. Somebody wanted to see it, and so we had to, we had to set it up. But I was walking around the conference floor, and the person stayed in our booth, and he was seeing what I was seeing. I was seeing what he was seeing, and it really was one of those wow factors. Like, it, and it's included, right? We have a bar ca- a barcode scanner that's really cool that most of these other devices on competitive devices don't and it's literally a scan of barcode on a water bottle it showed me a picture of the water bottle and then it took me to the internet so i could learn more about the water bottle and it took a picture of the barcode and but see, that sounds so consumer friendly to me you know if i'm out shopping and i want to compare products yep. or i want more data well i mean so a consumer could use this i mean we're not saying you couldn't but we we really are focused on enterprise and i'm sure there's going to be some consumer adoption i mean the price point might be a little high for some consumers but then again when you look at some of the other uh companies out there they're uh you know 1500 2000 i saw a couple people with google glass on today so it's not out of the or it's not out of the range i think that once the price drops a little bit i think it'll be more consumer friendly because one of the things that a lot of the uh, ar glasses they're they're kind of 
they're, they're bending uh, between consumer, they're not really consumer and they're not really enterprise. Right, right. And that's okay, but their message isn't clear. So my goal as the marketing director is to make sure that we have a direct message because we really want to build partnerships and relationships with organizations. And there's been a lot of organizations that have already come to us and said, we want to pilot this. So we really have to kind of focus on that, on that market. On, on that on that business. No, no it, makes, it makes so much sense. I, I love it. Well, thank you so much, Mark Reese. Where can we learn more about what Copen is doing with GoldenEye. Right, so you can go to our website. It's up right now. It's golden-i, the letter I, dot com. And you can download text sheets and products and a product briefing, learn about the different industries, learn a little bit more. We go live. um, We bring this product to market later this year. So we're going to be building a community. My goal is to really build a community in the enterprise space, which I guess is unheard of. Like, nobody wants, they just want to sell product. I'm more interested in developing relationships and gathering like-minded people and really becoming a thought leader in the AR space. You'll definitely be hearing more from us. I, I, I just haven't seen anything like this. It makes so much sense to me, especially as a glass wearer. You know, something that I can wear. And while $900 is expensive on the consumer market, it's, it's you know, it's definitely approachable, especially, especially for small business owners. And, exactly. and, you know, in that whole and, world of people? Well, the other thing, too, is that because it's off of the phone, our device will outlast your phone. So, again, if you want a more powerful device, just buy a more powerful phone. And most people are used to, uh, um, enterprises are used to changing out their phones every two to three years. Yeah. So this is just normal, you know, normal yeah. every day. Life cycle. Life yeah. cycle. And then yeah. we're also going to be offering an extended warranty which, again, is unheard of because most of these, it's a one and done, you know, get one year, manufacturer, blah, blah, blah. You know, we really want to go above and beyond. And, again, this is only going to get better. This, this device is really only going to get better. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn. We're, really, we're going to be really active there. And, like I said, looking forward to connecting. If anybody has any questions for me, they can shoot me an email and, uh, at mreese at goldeneye.com, golden-i.com. I'm more than happy to answer them. That's great. So we have been talking to Mark at, um, at the Copen booth, which has all sorts of cool technology with, with, with a very unique device that turns your glasses into AR glasses and has a host of enterprise um, uh, use cases ahead of it. So very exciting stuff. Thank you. Uh, I feel privileged. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll show you the glasses. They're, okay. they're really cool. Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Cat Show. Please join Lori H. Schwartz again for another great program next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel and syndicated to the Voice America Women's Channel. 